And the first call I made, I closed that deal. <laughs> and it was an $8,000 deal in Memphis, Tennessee. Were you like, see everybody? See how easy this is? Yeah. I was like, man, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> Guys, I have a special guest here today, Tony Montalbano. Tony, thank you for joining me. It's exciting to see you come from like out of nowhere. And I've seen you on a couple of high-level podcasts and sharing your experience as a brand new wholesaler who's been able to get started and really build a phenomenal business doing six-figure assignments monthly in your business up to, you were sharing with me, a couple of $500,000 months, and that's total assignments in one month. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you for taking time to be here with me. Yeah, Jerry, thank you. I, uh, yeah, super humbled and uh, appreciate this opportunity. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's great to see what you're doing, and I love how down-to-earth you are and and so I want to talk to you a little bit about your journey in this business. And, you know, when you first started, you shared with me that you were trying to kind of figure out, you know, your place in the wholesaling process where your genius fits the best and you have mm-hmm. a business partner and through, you know, trial and error, you landed on Dispo. Yes. And if you're listening, D- Dispositions is once you get the contract, now you have to find your cash buyer, right? And Dispo is that finding the cash buyer and exiting out of those contracts. Yes. So- why Dispo? Why does that resonate so much with you? And then you're going to share some great strategies and tips on how to do Dispo better. Yeah. So, I mean, I think sales, you know, Dispo is sales. We always yeah. talk about sales as acquisitions, right? But in it, when you really think about it, dispositions is is actually more sales than acquisitions. And uh, I've been in sales for a long time. I own a business out in San Diego. I own a bicycle business out there. Done, you know, close to $20 million in sales out there, all in person, not over the phone. Um, but that's what sales are. It's it's these like micro and macro relationships we have. And in, yeah. in acquisitions, it's a little micro relationship. You, you make this seller feel all warm and cuddly for 45 minutes when you're on the <laughs> phone with them to get them to sell you their house. And then in Dispo, it's more of a macro relationship. You're like building long-term relationships with buyers. And um, when I got into the industry, like you said, I didn't know what I was going to gonna do in the wholesale space. Um, the first day I was in the office, I actually did acquisitions. And the first call I made, I closed that deal. <laughs> and it was an $8,000 deal in Memphis, Tennessee. Were you like, see everybody, see how easy this is? Yeah, I was like, man, this is a no brainer. Um, but it, it's funny because I had pulled up the lead and I'm talking to the guy in Memphis and I had a different lead pulled up on the CRM. I must've clicked a, another So you weren't lead. even talking about the same property? I was talking about a property in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> and I kept saying your house in Florida and he, he kept saying it's in Memphis. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I meant. And I'm like, I can't find this guy's property. You know, in who, my who head. am I even talking to? But again? yeah, I ended up talking to the guy for, for 30 minutes and, and closed the deal. And then, um, and then I was like, okay, now what? You know, my, my partner, Eric is uh, just a monster in sales. He's been doing it a really long time over the phone sales. So it was pretty obvious he was going to take on that aspect of the business. And it was apparent right away, we need to figure out how to dispo our deals because we were paying another company 25 or 30% to dispo our deals for us in the beginning. It was just me and Eric in this big office and we're trying to figure this this industry out. Um, so we, I closed that first deal and then immediately started you know, learning through you know, YouTube videos like yours, um, of how to find cash buyers, how to dispo a deal, how yeah. to put a listing together, all that stuff. And, uh, that's how I got into the dispo side of things. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things that, um, I love about what you just shared there and in all fairness to you and Eric, your partner, you guys come from business and sales backgrounds 
And so if you've got a strong business and sales background and you jump into wholesaling, it's like game over, you know, like you can, you've cut so much learning curve that you can really excel like you guys are doing. So if you guys are watching this and you're like, man, how did he hit, you know, hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollar assignment months in, in year one in three months, Mm -hmm. I think you told me you guys were hitting those kinds of numbers. Yeah. So that does, that is a tremendous advantage that you have. If you're coming to the space and you don't have any type of sales or business background, you've got a lot of fundamentals that you've got to learn while you're trying to learn how to wholesale, right? You yes. got a little bit, you've just got more of a journey to do and that's fine. Just go through that journey and you'll get there, right? Just know that it's a process, know that it's a journey. For you, what I loved about that story was you worried about the deal first and then the buyer second. And I very much subscribe to that model. I think I think, you know, 80 to 90% of the process is getting a good deal. And when you have the good deal, if you follow some sound principles, there's going to be a buyer that wants that deal in your marketplace, making some assumptions, but there's going to be a buyer that wants that deal, assuming you have a good deal. So I think, you know, first thing is guys worry about getting the good deal and then go find your buyer. Cause if you have a good deal, you will find a buyer. Talk to enough people. Someone's going to want that deal. So, but you're looking at this. I'm, I'm assuming from day one, like you did your other businesses, which is, okay, how do we build a system out of this? How do we do this multiple times a month? And so there's this disposition process. And so you said you take a high level approach. So explain what you mean by that. Because when you look at your cash buyer, you're not looking at that cash buyer and saying, okay, I'm going to match him with this deal. And that's my priority is just match a deal and make some money. You have a long-term perspective. Why? And what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, we, so like <clears throat> a couple of things there, um, you know, like when all the hedge funds were buying all these properties too, and like all these companies we were hearing about, they were just like order takers. They were just taking an order from a seller, not getting good at acquisitions. And they were just putting it on a spreadsheet for a hedge fund and they're not getting good at dispositions. So it was paying a dollar 10, exactly. for, you know, and, over, over value yeah, or whatever crazy it, numbers. Yeah, yeah, it was. And don't get me wrong. We were selling a hedge sure. funds, but we were locking up any deal we could. Yeah. And that really helped me get good with a disposition process. Cause you're not order taking anymore. You're actually gaining the skills it takes to have a real conversation with your cash buyers. And we have an actual script we use. It's a replica of our sales script, but we have a script we use on Dispo where we're qualifying these buyers to be on our buyers list. It's like, what, how many properties are you flipping a year? Like, are you a cash buyer? Are you using a lender? Can you give me an address of a property you flip so I can see what kind of flips you're doing? Um, So it's, it's a long conversation we're having with these buyers. Our first conversation with them could be 20, 30 minutes long. And why is that, why is that so important? I I like to call this profiling your buyer, but why do you want to really learn and understand each and every one of your buyers? What is that doing for you? Yeah. So you're, you're putting your, so we're updating their profile as we're on the phone with them. So if we get land in Charlotte or something, I know this guy buys yeah. land in Charlotte. Yeah. If we're getting condos in Atlanta, I know this guy loves condos in Marietta or something. Like I'm mm-hmm. thinking of a buyer right now that I have, yeah. but it's like, you get specific properties. You, you're not scared to lock up vacant land. Cause you don't have a buyer for it. Like, you know, this person is buying land, you know, this person is buying townhomes. So just like updating their profile and having a buyer when you do have a property. And one thing I'll say, I was thinking about when you were talking was at this, we came to this uh, event at Tony Romero's hustle harder event in, uh, in February. And a lot of people were saying things like, Oh, it's like, I'm trying to build a buyer's list 
but I haven't locked up a deal yet. Like I yeah. want my buyers set yeah. before I lock up a deal. And I kept telling everybody, I'm like, let that be a, let a problem happen when it's a problem. Like, you don't even have a problem yet. Yeah, you're worried trying, about step two after step one. Yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> trying to solve a problem that you don't have. Yeah. Like lock up a deal yeah. and have it be a problem that you need to find a buyer for this thing to get paid. Yeah. And when you have a deal with a with a time limit on it, you're going to find a buyer for it. Nothing puts your feet to the fire more. Same with money. You got a deal and you need money for it. Get the deal and now's the time to get the money, not the money first and then the deal. It's right. out of order. Right, it's yeah, out of order. Exactly, yeah. I agree with that. So going back to this profiling your buyers, you know, for me as a cash buyer, because I wholesale and I flip and I work with a lot of wholesalers. So I want to be profiled as a cash buyer. I want my wholesalers and deal finders to know, here's what I look for. Here's the type of properties I want, the areas that I focus on. Bring me something that fits my criteria. And when those wholesalers start bringing me junk that I don't want, it pisses me off because I'm mm. wasting my time now. Wait, is this, oh, this isn't what I'm looking for. Why are you sending me this? I told you what I wanted. Now right. you're sending me something else. Yeah. You know, there's so much value to, to really building that relationship with your buyers where you know what they want and now you bring them the deals that they want. Yes. And like, and that's, that's one of our pitches, right? It's like, I want to send you deals more efficiently. So let yeah. me get all this information from you. Cause the last thing I want is to send them three deals that doesn't fit their criteria. And then they unsubscribe from my email. Yeah, they stop you looking, they, they stop, stop looking. opening, they stop and, opening your emails. And I see it all the time because I subscribe to some, you know, some areas, um, to be a cash buyer and I get these deals sent to me. And if I'm a, a cash buyer and say, San Diego, which, which I am. And somebody's sending me deals in Riverside. It's like, they're just pulling my name from the San Diego. It's like, now I'm going to unsubscribe from you. Yeah. So if you ever do get a deal in San Diego that I like, I'm not going to buy it now because I'm not going to see it. So that it's super important. So yeah. tell me if you do this, because one of the things I like to do with my cash buyer list is segment. And I, I try to do like an A list, B list, kind of C list. And those A list buyers, I define as a cash buyer who pulls the trigger quick uh, knows what he wants, has ca it's not, he doesn't have to raise money. He's got the cash, however he's got it, he's got it. And that type of a buyer, I want a VIP. Like I yes. want to, I want to, I want them to feel like they get first shot at the deal. Sure. Like uh, they matter to me. I care about you. And they want to feel that way. They want to feel like they're getting preferential treatment. Yes. Treat your VIPs as VIPs. I say that all the time in my training. If somebody's bought a deal from you or put really good offers in on a deal or is a true cash buyer, they're not using a lender, they want to close ASAP, all that kind of stuff is super important. Yeah, you do need to treat those VIPs as such. And our process is that. Like we, when we have a deal, we'll put the listing together and we only send it to our VIPs the first day. Yeah. We want them to feel special because those are the people that have bought deals from us. Those are the people we have relationships with. And that's why it's so important to get into these long conversations and build rapport with your buyers. Like just like on, on the acquisition side, we're not the first person to call this seller and try and buy yeah. their house. Right. Yeah. It's the same on the dispo side. They're, they're not, they're getting tons. Like if they're a good cash buyer and they're on all these lists and people share lists and now investor lift, people are sharing their, their email. It, they're getting just bombarded yes. with deals. And as yeah. we know, there's not a, you know, there's a select few wholesalers that lock up good deals. Yeah. So these buyers are getting bombarded with some good deals and a lot of bad deals, right? So we want to build this rapport and relationship with them where they know we, we're qualifying ourselves and we're qualifying them to be our, on our VIP list. Because yeah. when I pick up the phone and call that 
that buyer, I want them to be like, oh, Tony always has good deals. Like yeah. he's not yeah, going to yeah, waste my right. time. I'm answering the phone. And you don't and fudge I'm the numbers. With them. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I had a, um, an experience recently where we call this uh, VIP buyer, you know, a, a buyerless guy. And he's, he's on, he's in the car. You can hear he's in the car. And he basically was like, yeah, tell me about it. What street is that? Okay. W- what's my number done? Yep. I'm like, you don't even want to go look at it. No, he doesn't want to go look at it. He doesn't need to go look yeah. at it. He knows his he numbers. Knows he knows good. his neighborhoods. That's it. That was how fast it was to dispo to that guy. But why? He knows I'm not going to screw him. I'm not going to bring him something that's out of his, you know, with a foundation problem or whatever. He knows because I built rapport. We've done a lot of deals together and valuing those relationships is where the money's at yeah. building those relationships. hundred percent. Yeah. It's a relationships based business. And it's, it's funny you say that because the last time I was, I was in Milwaukee when I was driving to the airport in Raleigh to fly up here in February, we had a deal in Raleigh. I called my best buyer in Raleigh yeah. on the phone with him to the airport. And I said, Hey, I got this deal. This is the price. He's like, did you walk the property? I said, I walked it myself. He's like, is it good to go? I go, yep. He goes, send me the contract, <laughs> send him the contract on the way to the airport. It was $125,000 assignment fee. And just like that, he never walked it. He, yeah. he sent he the EMD. No, yeah. he didn't know. He knew it was going to be a good property. Yeah. Sent me the EMD that he, he day. He probably knows exactly it. what he's going to spend on it. He knows all his numbers. Yeah. This guy does a hundred flips a right. year. He knows the area. He knows yeah. the street I was talking about. He probably knew the house. You know, and, uh, yeah. And and imagine if you're blasting him crap that he doesn't want, he's going to, he's going to, you're going to lose so much rapport. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a process and it's to do it right. It's all about those relationships. It really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. So what are some, what are some high level tips? If we're, if someone's watching this video right now, Tony, and they're, and they're thinking, okay, well, you know, I've got this contract. I think I've got a great deal. Um, I need to go now find a cash buyer for this deal. If they've got, zero to a small list and they're looking for a buyer. Let's start there. What would be, what's your best strategy for finding a new cash buyer, maybe in a market that you don't really have a list? Yeah. I always say, I mean, this is something I wrote on my wall the first day I started dispoing and I still do it every single time I get a deal. Your comps are your buyers, right? So if you are your buyers, if you see a flip that just happened and that's a, a, it's a cash comp, that is your buyer for that property. You should always first, we have a sniper approach after our VIPs, right? So we'll send it to the VIPs. We send it. And then if our VIPs don't buy it for any reason, we'll send it out to our massive buyers list. And we do a sniper approach at that point where we're going on prop stream and Zillow. And we're finding the cash buyers that flipped houses in that area, mm-hmm. half mile, mile, whatever it is, we'll call, you know, 25 cash buyers and do a sniper approach where these are all the people flipping houses in that neighborhood, in that area. And that is the best, most efficient way I believe in finding a buyer for that property. Definitely. That, that exact strategy is how I do my virtual flips in markets that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, um, if you understand the nature of a flipper, flippers love to flip in neighborhoods where they've already flipped. Yes. They love to repeat flip in the same neighborhoods because they know the neighborhood, they've got contractors, they know exactly what they're doing. So to get another deal in that same neighborhood is a dream. It's a no brainer. Well, and they might have, if they have another, say they're, Another strategy is they're currently flipping that house, right? Like they bought it for cash. You saw it was, you know, you might've saw pictures on Zillow that it was a rehab or whatever, bought it for cash six months ago. It's not relisted yet. Maybe they're still into that rehab. Like 
to have two rehabs in the same neighborhood, yep. it cuts so much cost down for those contractors and those flippers. So, well, think about it. They they could be thinking about their next deal, or maybe they want to do two at once. If it's active, and how do you know it's it's a flipper? It's going to be renovated, vacant, and sometimes staged. Right. There's I I can spot them in three yes. pictures. I'm like, there's a flipper. Yes. So you look for the flippers. Um, and again, it could be a distressed property. They're rehabbing it right now. So it's not for sale yet. That's mm-hmm. the one you mentioned. It could be active. Now yep. they're thinking about their next deal or it could be sold. And now they're looking for their next deal. Yeah. They got the any one of those areas. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in that process, the flipper in that neighborhood is your ideal buyer. It is. Yes. I mean, yeah. I don't know what, what you found with your numbers, but I found that if I can talk to a dozen, maybe 15 flippers within the neighborhood of where my subject property is. I can find a buyer. Yes. Yes. It's we, that small of a ratio. Yes. I mean, we, we talk about like KPIs all the time too. Like our dispo team is required to call through 25, but if they at that number seven, they get a guy that's at full price or something, it's, it's Done. selling to him. Yeah. But if after we talk to 25 flippers, 25 cash buyers in that area and nobody wants it, it's like, all right, what did we screw up? We don't have a deal on our side. <laughs> this isn't a deal or we priced it too high or yeah. we, we screwed up yeah. a comp or it's in a little rougher shape than we, than we thought, you know, something's wrong with it. And then we readjust. So we'll readjust after, you know, five days yeah. and then we'll, we'll send it out, you know, reduced if, if we have to. Yep. Tell me if you do this as well on those flippers that you're finding in the neighborhood, what I like to do, and and it, and it's very time contingent because if I'm, you know, under a crunch, then I don't have time, but I like to call the listing agent that represented that flipper. Mm -hmm. And what I found is I don't have to compensate that listing agent because they want to bring a deal to their flipper. They're going to get a relist anyway, if it goes through and they're more than willing to bring your deal to their customer. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that cuts out a ton of time because you don't have to skip trace and track down your cash buyer. Right. Cause the listing agent information is right there on Zillow or wherever. Yeah. We, I mean, we do that all the time. Obviously if it's easy to skip trace, we'll call the, yeah. the buyer. You start getting into LLCs and stuff yeah. and, and it, it can it's take hard. time. It can yeah. take time. It's hard. Sometimes you'll never find that person's yeah. number. So we'll spend a couple of minutes trying to find that number or skip trace. If we can't, we're doing exactly that. Gotcha. We go, Perfect. we go to Zillow, look for the buyer's agent, give them a call. And that's the pitch. It's, you know, you're going to make money on the back end flipping this yeah. property. You're going to be feeding your, your investor properties. They're going to look like a hero to their flipper because exactly. they're bringing them, they're bringing them a deal. Exactly. Like if I have to, I'll pay a commission yeah. if I have to, to make a deal done. But that is exactly the pitch. You're going to make money on the back end on this property. Yeah. yeah. What a fantastic strategy. Mm-hmm. What would be, uh, we'll wrap up here after this, but as far as dispo, the, the, the one thing I did want to make sure I ask you is, as you start to build the business and you go from, you know, the solopreneur where you're doing everything mm-hmm. right. In your case, you had, you had a business partner. A lot of people maybe have that, but there comes a point where it's time to go to like phase two in the business and bring on that first hire or maybe multiple people on the dispo side. How are you finding dispo people now? Cause you're scaling your business and what does it look like for you to compensate your dispo people? How are you doing that? Yeah. So I've always hired on energy. Like if somebody has a lot of energy and good energy, it's like, if they have a motor, 
I'll steer them in the right direction. You know, I want that good energy in the office. Like we're trying to hire on culture. So I want somebody with good energy. I don't care what their background was. If they had a sales background, great. But if somebody's got a ton of, ton of energy and it's good energy, it's like that you could turn that person into a salesperson and discipline deals. Like on the acquisition side, we want somebody a little more empathetic, Mm -hmm. right? You know, they're, 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 they're sweet talking a seller, mm-hmm. whatever. You need a little more grit on the dispo yeah. side, I believe, which because you're uh, talking to investors, you're talking to investors. Yeah. They're going to try and beat you up on yeah. price. They're going <laughs> to say this or that. You got to, you know, um, stick to your gun sometimes and be mm-hmm. a little yes or no on, on the dispo side. So I look for that. I look for somebody that's a little more gritty. You don't really need somebody as empathetic. Um, and in terms of compensation, um, we do like a $30,000 base. And then the first 30 days, if they lock up uh, any assignment fees in those first 30 days, they get 1% commission on those deals. Okay. After 30 days, it's 2% commission up to 150000 If they do over 150000 it's 2.5% commission. And this is Dispo? This is Dispo. Okay, yes. Dispo. So you put mm-hmm. them on a base salary. Base salary. And then a percentage of- Commission of deals that they assign. Commission. So that would be the assignment fee. Assignment fee, yeah. A percentage of the assignment And fee. in yeah. our office, like- you know, 150,000 sounds like a ton, but we, we've had Dispo people doing well over 300,000 in our office. So you can make a lot of money in Dispo. Yeah. So I love that. So guys, I kind of look at, um, when you compensate people, you can do either straight hourly or salary, right? You're going to, there's going to be challenges with productivity. Yes. So you better have really tight oversight. You can do straight commission right now. That's scary because if they don't land a deal this week, how they feed in their family, so right. it's tough or quasi. And you're yeah. using a quasi model where you're giving them probably enough pay to to put food on the table, but they not really enough to get ahead in life. Right, exactly. And that's where then the motivation comes in to close because now the real money comes on the percentages of closes. Right, and then to tearing it, however your you office is it. set yeah. up. Because yeah, you got to keep, keep them hungry. Right, exactly. Yeah. You want them to try and always reach that next level. I had a, this, you'll, you'll relate to this. I had a... Uh, I don't know what's going on. Over I here. had a, um, <laughs> we won't tell you there's a guy crawling on the floor behind us <laughs> with his shirt off. <laughs> uh, I had a, I had a guy and he was phenomenal. Best sales guy I ever had, but he hit his quotas on Tuesday and didn't do, and I could not get him to work the rest yeah. of the week. Cause he, he hit his number he was happy with for the week. Right. And then that was it. So we had to, by tearing, it kept him hungry cause he, he couldn't say no to right. the better percentages. Right. Yeah. If I could ask you one thing, Jerry, is like, so I've struggled with this thought in Dispo and the pay structure too, because it is a Dispo team that we're, we're building. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, when I first started building a Dispo team, I thought maybe an umbrella type commission. So if somebody calls in for a property in Gastonia and it's, it's not the right one for them, but this other Dispo agent has a property in Charlotte, that's good for that buyer. Like what's motivating this Dispo agent to now sell this uh, Charlotte deal to this Gastonia buyer or like just to, sh- yeah. so they're sharing buyers and sharing information, working each other's deals where it's still fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my philosophy has always been to be very unfair. Mm. And what we do is we give the very best deals to the very best Dispo closer. Mm. He actually gets the gravy. He gets the easy ones. He gets the good ones. And he gets these really high numbers and everybody else has to chase. Mm. So, Mm. and then the really difficult, really hard ones, we actually give to the, to the worst guy. (laughs) 
the worst guy. Yeah. 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 And I think the philosophy or the mindset behind that is, um, you, you really feed your producers. You really mm. make them win almost unfairly win. And everybody else has got to try to catch him and work up to him. Yeah. And, and you'll go, you'll turn your turn rate. you you'll burn. Yeah. Right. Because it's hard. They're getting it's the hard. crappiest. But that's deals. what makes a good salesperson or dispo person, whatever is yeah. Getting through all that grit and like yeah. having the hard deals, you really got to dig, you know, like and the, he knows when I get up there, I'm going to get the gravy. Deals. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get those home point. run deals. Yeah. So I've got, I've got something to work towards now that yes. I got to earn. Yes. When you spread it out, uh, you're, what you're not doing is rewarding your top guys. Yes. Cause they're saying, ah, you we'll throw you a bone every now and then, but we're going to throw this guy a bone, even though he sucks. Yeah. Even though you're here early, he's not, even though you've been, you've committed more, he hasn't. Right. You know what I mean? It so can cause the lazy people to be even more lazy because they know they're getting they're a just entitled on everybody. Else. All I got to do if, you know, if every fifth deal is a good one, I'll just wait for that fifth deal. Right. And I'll yep. putz around on these other four. Yeah. True. You know, whereas the hunger, the guy that's really proven himself, he's getting the best. Yeah. Great advice. Just, just a thought. Yeah. yeah no, maybe, maybe try it out. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe I'd love to hear if try it out if you want and let me know how that yeah, goes. Yeah, for sure. I will. Awesome. Well, Tony, thank you for sharing all of these amazing ideas around Dispo. Uh, guys, I hope you found a ton of value in that. Uh, make sure to be on the lookout for Tony. We'll put some of your information below the video if that's all right. So they can, people can be in touch with you. And uh, if you guys haven't, be sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll see you on the next video.